Welcome to Altar of the Demo Gods. If you're wondering what advice from two experienced sales engineers sounds like, it's a little like this. We're back for episode five of Alter the Demo Gods. I'm Keith Wilson, joined by my friend and co-host, John Morton. John, how you doing? Living that dream, Keith. Living that dream. Yeah, you know, we we I I we <laughs> recorded we go a little behind the scenes very quickly in episode four already. So we record these in batches. And then the so, you know, every every couple weeks or every other week, John and I meet and we'll record several episodes at a time. So the last episode we did was the, the first episode we recorded for this week where we, we talked about our last week. Um, so that's why some of these episodes you're going to hear us banter and talk about, you know, what we did last week and other ones. It's going to be just kind of getting into it. Um But we, we can recap <laughs> last week's episode a little bit. And I, I really liked it. John, what what were your thoughts? We were talking about um, personality traits, core competencies needed as an SE to be successful. Yeah. So reflecting back on that, I always love uh, harping on communication skills and being able to simplify a very complex message. Those are my my keys to anything. Yeah. Well, you even simplified communication for us, right? Is two ears, one yeah. mouth. Yeah, right? man. That's that's what we need to focus listen on. More Ask than the right questions, shut up and listen. Yeah, listen more than yeah. you talk. Yeah, if 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 you walk out of a meeting as a sales engineer and you've done most of the talking, you've just had a really shitty yeah. meeting. One thousand percent agreed. Actually, that's a excellent opportunity to calibrate an SE who probably had diarrhea of the mouth. Yeah. Or it's just a bad meeting. Like, yeah, sometimes an SE, well, most of the time it's going to be the SE just talking too much, but other times it's just a bad meeting where the SE has been trying to fill in the void with just everything and the customer is <laughs> silent, not giving anything, closed off. <laughs> That sort of thing. I, I imagine it. You I know, know, we you, can. You ever watch the movie Gremlins? I think it might have been in the first one, right? I, I love that movie. Great, uh, you know, some excellent characters, Mogwise, right? You know, but I always remember this one. Those things this, were adorable. This one Gremlin dude, when they became Gremlins, and he's like in a bar or whatever, and he shows up in his trench coat, and he like yanks it open, <laughs> and he's flashing everybody, and Gremlins don't even have genitalia. Oh yeah, that's where he, he makes it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that in sales. You don't want to show up in your trench coat and yank it open and show everybody everything you got because you're going to get that same yeah, response. You don't, you don't want to show your genitals. <laughs> you're going to get the same response where people are going to be like, what What just happened? This is not what I wanted. Right. Yeah, we don't want to be that person. Yeah. That gremlin. Yes, you will. Right. So we talked about communication. We talked about um, demoing. We talked about just having competency in in the the technical area in which you sell so that was a great episode episode three you want to go back and listen to that um and this one i want to spend some time and i don't even know if there is a difference but i want to talk about it with well there is a difference i guess but in selling SaaS products past products 
and and we talked we joked about this earlier. I don't know how to say it, so I'm just going to say IaaS products or IaaS products or infrastructure as a service products, and we'll we'll define the acronyms as we go. Or on prem. Right. So I personally only have experience selling SaaS or software as a service and on prem. Gotcha, gotcha. What about you? What what experience do you have? Let's say you have experience yeah mainly the same realm right on premise and let me take a step back and kind of break it down so like across the enterprise or even business consumer even the platform that we record on right now is a SaaS product software as a service where someone's kind of saying we're going to offer you our software you can use for a subscription fee and you pay for that and um, we give you a service, right? So they record our podcast for us. We can distribute it, share it, cut it up. These sort of ideas persist, whatever the technology is. On-premise is the same idea. You can develop applications. It doesn't even have to be in software. Me and Keith are trying to bridge that gap to other worlds, right? You may sell mechanical valves. You may sell nuclear reactors. You may sell, you know, fishing gear. It all is something that people are consuming. So when we talk about the, you know, IaaS, PaaS, SaaS, what we're talking about is the technology spectrum of, you know, hosted environments that are normally subscription-based where someone is consuming that service and they're getting the reduction of the overhead of maintaining it. What does that mean? On-premise, traditionally, there meant you had to have people who manage the data centers, server farms, Tons of employment of people who just kept the lights on, trading that off. Yeah, well, yeah. I needed I, I needed a, I needed a space in your rack to put my, you know, my pizza box. Correct. Server, right? right. So, and yeah. if you were lucky, it was only a one U space. <laughs> right. Then I had five U and talk, three. Talk U. to some of those. <laughs> talk to some of those route switch guys, and they can take up half a f- yeah. rack. Right. Well. well I'm going to have to bleep that so we can put it, <laughs> we can keep this as a, the network guy who's love it, but I know what you mean. But so let me, let me deviate just for a second. So the year right now is 2023. And what Keith's talking about with servers, when we used to rack them in a data center, the last time I was in a data center was in 2015 in Hawaii, Oahu, Hawaii. I got a special badge, went in last time I racked a three U server. I remember it to the day. Think about how much things have changed in those past few years where as technology advances, we just want to focus in on whatever is the most current or, you know, whatever we're selling that supports that tech stuff, right? Yeah. So I think uh, a lot of people have had the on-prem experience if they've been doing this for a while because things are going, a lot of stuff is going away from on-prem. A lot of infrastructure is being sourced out to uh, Amazon through AWS, through Google, through GCP, through Microsoft, um, uh, through their cloud services, um, where you don't need to have your own infrastructure anymore for a lot of yeah. it, right? You can set up your own, you know, I, I'm even messing around with something for work right now, and we're not going to go too far down this because we're getting it gets us too far off topic, but using Terraform um, and Ansible to create these environments for me, right? And and chain and setting up um, these flexible and dynamic infrastructures 
that are are part of infrastructure as a service. And I want to hit on each of these because before we go too far, because I what I would hate is if we got to the end of the episode and we didn't talk about what each what each of these things right. were. So infrastructure as a service is things like like I just mentioned too. So like Amazon EC2, yep. um, their own route switch, they provide um, VPN services, all uh, uh, IAM services, all sorts of yeah, stuff. Stuff you um, normally do I, inside, I know right? Very... If you think of on-premise, infrastructure as a service is the closest thing to that. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and then there's PaaS, yes. or platform as a service. I have a little bit of experience with this, um, but I think any developers or SEs that work with development tools would be more familiar with this because that's where you see that. They were, that's where you, th- you see um, things like Heroku mm-hmm. uh, or Vercel that, um, you know, if if I have a, a website where the front end is running on um, uh, uh, the ne- I think it's the Next.js framework, it doesn't really matter. I, I separate the front end UI from the back end, um, and Vercel, right? And Vercel runs that, hosts that front end for me. But it's also a, a coding platform that uh, can manage my code that interacts with with GitHub. It's it's a full sort of software development type platform. Yes. That's the that's what pass products tend to be. And then there's SaaS. There are so many. So many SaaS products, and I think th- that's what most people are familiar yeah, with. I, I agree. Um, Spotify. Spotify is a SaaS service, software as a service, mm-hmm. right? I use Spotify to listen to music. A lot of the apps that you subscribe to on your phone are, are SaaS products. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was just, I just right? had this thought experiment, and I never thought of it until now, Keith. What would you consider, like, I don't know. Maybe we can look it up on the fly right now. Software as a service of social media. And- is the Instagram thoughts that some of our listeners may be looking at, is that a software as a service or a platform? I doubt not. So it's not platform as a service, and I don't necessarily think it would be software as a service because it's, well, I guess it could be, just with a different revenue model. It's going to have It's going to have a real... I should, we should get some folks from sales leadership on here, or especially those that have like startup experience, because there are very specific legal definitions around software as a service. Like if you actually go through and read the boring parts of your contract, there's certain things that are in there that are required for software as a service type things. Well, I think of it too, because we get advertised SaaS stuff on Instagram based on your algorithm. And we're not going to ever do a live purview of mine. Because we all might get arrested for what's advertised to me. But a lot of the stuff that's advertised on there is SaaS services, where Instagram is using their platform to advertise to you the SaaS offerings. So uh, I didn't mean to deviate, but the net of it is it's hosted somewhere. It's hosted in the cloud. They're providing a service. You can subscribe to it. We won't even go into OnlyFans, right? But that's the net, right? They're, They're simplifying the overhead of having to do all the management on the back end of network switching, routing, all that sort of thing, hosting, and they're offering it to you as a service. Okay. So I think the things that us and people are most familiar with then will be SaaS and on-prem, 
right? Those are going to be. I, the work, two, I work for a SaaS company things now, so yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so do I. We do have an on-prem offering as well. Generally, if you work in security and sell to governments, you have to have some sort of on-prem. Archaic. Generally. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's what do they call it, FedRAMP or yeah, something yep. like that as well, where you can get it's into this, their, their cloud. But all this difficulty of, uh, we need it uh, in our own data Even then, they still don't want it. <laughs> even then, yeah. you can do everything they want. They'll still say no. Keith. So... What what I'm wondering for you as a sales engineer mm-hmm. is what uh, did you notice any difference in that transition from selling these on-prem appliances, aside from having to go and physically rack them, to selling SaaS products? Yeah, <laughs> I love that question, number one. Other than the fact that I had an excuse in 2015 to book expenses to Hawaii because I was the only one qualified to rack a server in the data center. And that did take me all of one hour, but seven days of travel time. That was one advantage of on-premise. Moving to SaaS was pricing too. So bringing it back to kind of a sales-centric model. Back in the day, back in my day, I feel like Abe Simpson every time I do this podcast, man. I'm a lot older than I look for people that don't know me, right? They meet me at bars and I still get ID'd. But, um, we used to sell what was called perpetual licenses, meaning you bought the right to use our software for a certain amount of time. And that was the on-premise world. And the dollar values were actually exponentially higher. So as an example, you know, we would... Well, yeah, because we had to charge you for hardware and supporting that Supporting hardware. that hardware, right, because we hosted our software, right? So dollar value-wise, and I'm just using a random example, a deal I could close would be $5 million dollars. The change to IaaS, PaaS, SaaS, DAS, data as a service, that's another one, is uh, exponentially less. So you go from $5 million perpetual, meaning a one-time deal where everyone got paid on that, to now a subscription-based model for maybe $500,000 a year. So the incentives and initiatives are radically different. We're not just all focused on winning that one perpetual deal on premise. Now there's a lot more involved with SaaS. We care about churn. We care about renewals. We care about upsells. It's a little different. I feel like it's a little better for the consumer, the buyer, to buy in this model. They get a way better deal overall. And for you know the vendors, it's a little different based on that subscription sort of model. Well. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about operational expense versus capital expense, OPEX versus CAPEX. It is so, it was so much, so I found it definitely reduced the friction in in selling between selling on-prem and selling selling SaaS, right? One of those reasons being the OPEX versus CAPEX uh, difference, and I'm not going to get into what the difference is between those because I am not smart enough in accounting terms to explain those. Um, but operational expenses are generally just ongoing expenses that the business needs to operate. SaaS gets classified as operational expenses that is so much easier for um, at least security teams to get budget for, right? right? Um, or or I'm, I imagine most technology teams can get, it's easier to get operational expense Correct. budget than it is to get capital expense Maybe. budget. Um not exactly sure why i just know that it is also there are less people involved 
in the decision to buy or not to buy a SaaS product versus an enterprise product yeah. because I'm we're removing hardware from the equation. We, you no longer have have to have something in a data center, and now you've got your your guy that runs the data center and his boss and five other people from other IT teams need to now be involved just because you have a physical appliance in a yeah. data center. Now those people no longer need to be involved, right? Yeah. It's that, that frictionless And selling. when you decrease the dollar value of the actual purchase, which is hilarious, there's a lot of things. We need to have a guest like this out there where they're selling a product that they can sell for like $5,000 a year subscription. Dude, like somebody can literally expense that on their credit card if they're a director level. Five grand is nothing yeah. to them. So it's very easy for them to transact and just bring it into their environment. Like you said, Keith, no even red tape. I bought it on my credit card. We all start using it. Bam, it's the the model. That is amazing for a lot of yeah. sales teams. There's so many products that I use for work that I don't bother to even ask my, and I'm a director, but I don't bother to ask my boss yeah. for. Because they're SaaS products, they've been able to price themselves so low <laughs> And they've made the the sales process incredibly frictionless along yep. the way. This is we see companies starting to adapt this um, this product led growth model that that kind of uh, fits fits that model as well, right? Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, so it has made it easier. Like I think so, shifting from on premise to the cloud for end users and consumers, especially if you have a very simple product. That you can like, like he said, if you're a director or above, not only have an expense account, you can just expense it, and nobody even asks. That is really good for those teams. Right. What about the POC? How much easier is a proof of concept or proof of value or whatever the f you want to call it? God, I did it again. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll I'll bleep it out. I'm just gonna mark it here so remember. So I know. Uh, it's the excitement, Keith. You're bringing yeah, the excitement I'm, into the podcast. That's that's what I do at uh, eleven o'clock on a on a Thursday night. <laughs> Got to bring the excitement, bring the heat. Yeah, yeah. So back to your point about the POC, and normally by POC we mean proof of concept, right? So anybody who's ever bought anything, and I'll use an example of a car, right? You're going to buy a nice minivan. Right, you got your girlfriend pregnant, and your wife doesn't know, and her demand is, "I need a new vehicle." You go to the car lot, you want to buy our minivan. You normally want to drive it first, right? Yeah, make sure it has working things. It is what it's expected to be. A proof of concept's no different. When you're buying software, most folks want to test it out. Does it work as expected? So with SaaS and cloud-based models and product-led sales. That's the goal. You want to give it to someone, they can download it, they can test it out, validate it based on their success criteria very quickly, and make that $5,000 purchase, the example we keep using up until now. So this has made POCs to some degree easier for consumers. On the flip, yeah. Well, yeah, you can... So if it's if it's a traditional POC, because there's still plenty of SaaS services that aren't necessarily go sign up with a free account and do your own right. stuff... Um, but it's still kicking off a, a proof of concept with a customer is still a million times easier with SaaS than it yeah. ever was with an on-prem because with an on-prem, I've got to ship an appliance to them or 
I have an appliance that I'm going right. to deliver in the trunk of my car, right? right? Which I hated doing because it's like, okay, I've got a fifty-two, uh, $250,000 computer sitting in my okay. car. That makes me nervous, right? This thing's worth more than my house <laughs> and I'm driving around with it. And, uh, you know, that's the, the, that's where you get worried. Um, so you, you had to physically get an appliance right. to the person. Then you had to get space in the data yep. center, get an IP address get for the it. Approvals. How long would it take just to get an IP address for it? Jeez, man, just to even get, just to get an IP site, address could take, like they have to take them a give month. You a badge. Things like that, right? Yeah, figure out the logistics of shipping it. If you're shipping it out of country, y'all can do research. Yeah. Listeners, if you are ever shipping things <laughs> to certain countries, there's rules around like encryption rules, like in Brazil and like China, where you have to have some third party handle the appliance. And it was just a, a nightmare logistically. But to pivot on that a little bit, Keith. So, what I liked about that, though, what I really liked about that was. If someone was willing to go to that effort of going through it and say, Keith, put that $250,000 computer in your car and drive down to Lexington, Kentucky and install it for me, they were pretty serious about buying. What I don't like about the modern cloud world and you know SaaS and everything else is buyers don't have to be serious. Buyers can literally waste our time yeah. and download products, do their thing and still say no. At least then we knew they were pretty serious. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I suppose, uh, yeah, the amount of work that would go into a POC on both sides at that point, they they'd have to be pretty serious. But I mean, I I don't think the solution for that is stop SaaS, obviously, right? right? It's well, we need a better process for how Back we the sales our, process our exactly. Customers. So yeah. that's where sales process matters because every customer mm-hmm. under the sun they are used to this sort of yeah. buying. They're like, just let me download the product and test it myself. I'll let you know if it works for me. Well, guess who that doesn't work for? Yeah. It doesn't work for me, <laughs> right? As the selling person. Yeah, well, and I mean, let's be real. Most enterprise products, you can't just download and then run. Like, if you have zero experience with it, you're not, It's you're going to not be yeah, successful I mean, and you're going to wonder why the product sucks. And it's not that the product sucks. It's that and the worst suck. part is they're going to write a bad review and I mean that in the nicest way. way They're going to write a bad review on the AWS marketplace about the experience they didn't even ask help for. So now you got like a one star review on AWS because of this, you know? So, yeah. 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 Enterprise products. Oh. Um, yeah. This, and then on prem, you also have to, there were always technical problems, right? You have to worry about updates getting it's- to it. Um, you know, you no, I keep that. There'd just be so much. Extends my time in Honolulu by at least three days, because the internet wasn't good then. I mean, it was good. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, from a selfish perspective as an SC, <laughs> I got like a ten day holiday to do a POC in Hawaii. Yeah. So, yeah, but that let's be real. How how often does that happen? Because most of the servers I racked were in Chicago or Minnesota <laughs> in the middle of winter. <laughs> Well, you got to go break everyone's right. heart. They Keith. weren't in. They weren't <laughs> in Hawaii. They were in a nondescript building in the middle of friggin' <laughs> Wisconsin. Why like you got to break right. everyone's heart, man? We're selling. We're selling futures here. All right, but it did happen. You're selling. <laughs> you're selling. You're selling romance that only exists <laughs> occasionally, and people pay for that. 
uh, on SaaS solutions like Adult Friend Finder and Tinder and stuff. So we'll we'll leave that alone. <laughs> All right, John. I think this has been a great discussion of um, IaaS, <laughs> SaaS, pass, and on-prem. Uh, catch us again next week where we're going to be talking about sales frameworks. And uh, I guarantee that the medic we didn't do. We haven't done an acronym this this week or last week. We're going to do it next week. Next week, though, when we talk about medic, med pick and other sales frameworks here on Alter the Demo Gods. Have a good week.